A special presentation of the Pocho Hour of Power. I'm Gary Baca along with Lalo Alcaraz. <laughs> and we have on the phone lines Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell Woo! gave us those great songs, that million seller called What You Won't Do for Love. And that's been sampled by Tupac. It's been done by Natalie Cole and so many other artists. Uh, songs like Coming Down from Love, uh, Can't Say Goodbye, so many great songs. Hello, Bobby Caldwell. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, welcome to the Butcher Hour of Power. Uh, Gary neglected to say that it was also sung, your song was also sung in my car on the way over here, but <laughs> and in the halls of KPFK. Yeah, yeah. Our shower singers are all alike. <laughs> wow. So, hey, is that how you found out that you could sing, Bobby, in the shower? <laughs> or where were you when you knew that you could sing? Somebody told that's, you? That's a great question. Well, I, I you know... My my folks were in show business, so I was always surrounded by that kind of festivity. And, you know, I was, I think, four years old when I discovered I had a voice. That's interesting. What what did your folks do? Uh, they were in television and uh, also Broadway, Summerstock. Um, did a lot of plays around the country. Did some television in uh, Pittsburgh for a while. And uh, it kind of rubbed off on me at in the end. Wow. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, you had to be inspired by your parents, right? Them being on stage. And at one point, you probably had to hit the stage yourself, right? Well, I think that I was four years old when my dad was doing a show in Palm Beach. And uh, he begged me to come up and sing my, my number one song, which was Zippity Doodah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you involved in talent shows, or were you singing, like, maybe in choirs at all? I was in the choir, yeah, for at least four or five years. Never did much in the way of talent shows. You know, at one point, you got a record deal, and tell us how this came about, because this is through TK Records, and TK Records had artists like Clarence Reed, Blowfly, uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Gwen McRae. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, you know, I headed out to Los Angeles when I was uh, 18, and I had my own band, so we went out there and knocked around the streets, you know, played some clubs, and we had a bunch of original tunes, um, did a lot of shopping with major labels. Eventually, I broke off on my own and uh, pursued the same, you know, the same path, and I, I kind of came up after years, came up empty-handed. And ended up, like, kind of throwing in the towel. And I moved back to Miami, Florida. And it was my mom who uh, was egging me on about an article she had read in the Miami Herald about Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> and this local label in Hialeah, Florida, TK Records, as you said, um, that was, uh, you know, making a big splash on the music scene. So I went down there one day, and uh, within a couple of days of that, I signed my first record deal. So after all the, you know, the pain and suffering in Los Angeles, you know, my future was in my own backyard. Yeah, sometimes you got to step out of the bubble, you know, because... Uh... Everyone's elbowing you, and, uh, you know, you got to go uh, and do your own thing or even just kind of take a breath, right? Yeah, well, I did take a breath. Um, and that breath was moving back to Miami. Uh, 
But it wasn't long before, you know, she wore me down, and I ended up going over there, and, you know, the rest is kind of history. Well, Bobby, you know, that just goes to show you that you didn't give up, right? I mean, you like you said, you could have threw in the towel, but you pursued. And I think for a lot of people in the industry that do throw in the towel, you know, they don't know what the future holds. And you're, you know, an example of what can happen by sticking with it, right? Well, yeah, but if I can qualify that, listen to your mother, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, speaking of great ladies, your first album, Bobby Caldwell, was produced by Anne Holloway. And I got to commend you, uh, you know, for taking a chance. And, of course, you know, there's not enough women producers. And, you know, this lady, you know, was there with you, and she put it out with you. Uh, Can you tell us about meeting her and her, you know, contribution to that album? Well, Anne was a, you know, a very talented producer and engineer. Um, but she was part of a staff. They had, I think maybe they had uh, four or five engineers and producers. And she was kind of assigned to me. Um, but it wasn't long before, you know, we formulated a bond and uh, understood one another. And, you know, she did a fine job on the record. Now, let's talk about the record, What You Won't Do For Love. Lalo, I mean, how many times have we used this just to get back in the house after being in the doghouse? <laughs> I've sang this many times. What You Won't Do For Love, you tried everything, baby, but we just can't give up. I can't tell you all the things I did during the song. but <laughs> Well, you know, Bobby, tell us about how you wrote this and where you wrote it at, because I understand that it was written really fast, right? It was, and the story behind it is uh, I had actually submitted the album, the album was done, and that song was not on the album. And while the label was uh, really excited about the project, they didn't, they didn't feel like they had their first breakout single, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, after beating myself up for at, at least six months, and getting so close to the project, I couldn't see the forest through the trees. We went in and, without giving it too much thought, uh, knocked this track out and the lyrics in one day. Wow. Um, and that speaks volumes, I think, you know? Sometimes you just gotta let it happen. Uh, and that, uh, that usually will prevail. Guess you wonder where I've been I search to find the love within
As a cartoonist, lately I've been having a, a little string of like, you know, very viral cartoons. You know, well, thanks to the headlines too, you know, but we won't talk about that. But you never know. I never know when, you know, one is going to explode and, you know, be all over the internet and everyone's sharing it. You know, when the producer or the label's like, you know, no pressure here, but come up with a hit that we can put in here. What, what does an artist do at that point? You know, that's a great question. Um, well, like I said, well, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why it came about so quickly. 
Um, and maybe one of the reasons why it seems inspired, and it was inspired. So asking myself, what do I need to do? Well, I was up to my neck in the album at that point, um, and really had little recourse but to, you know, try to come up with something that they felt, you know, would launch the album. And fortunately for me, you know, that happened. And uh, little did I know at the time that the song would have the kind of life it's had. It's really just unbelievable. Now, when Tupac sampled it, and of course, it, as we say, took a life of its own, and Natalie Cole did it, and so many other artists, as well as Lalo in his car, uh, <laughs> you know, that must have been a great compliment to you, and of course, a great paycheck. <laughs> well, yeah, um, <laughs> a lot of people think, you know, do you get upset when you know people sample your stuff, and it's, it's not like that at all. The very fact that, you know, they think enough about the songs to sample them is flattery enough. And uh, like you said, no, I don't mind walking to the mailbox and getting a royalty check. That's <laughs> better than standing in security line at the airport. <laughs> or better than being a security guard at the airport. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. We're talking with the great Bobby Caldwell. And of course, we just heard his song, What You Won't Do For Love. He performs at the Catalina Bar and Grill Thursday, August 31st through Saturday, September 2nd. And that's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we'll give away tickets. Uh, we have tickets to offer you at the uh, end of the interview, so stay with us. Bobby, a lot of people, when that song came out, thought you were black. You're an R&B singer. Of course, you're a white, uh, blue-eyed soul singer. And <laughs> when people first met you, were they kind of astonished that, or just, <laughs> like, surprised that you were who you were, right? Yeah, how does that feel? <laughs> Well, uh, if I could take a second, you were mentioning Natalie Cole, who was uh, just an exceptional woman, an exceptional artist. And when What You Want To For Love was in the top ten on the hit parade, Natalie had a number one record with her debut cut called This Will Be from her first you know, solo album. And uh, I get a call one day from Natalie, and she's going, man, this, your song is just killing me. Um, would you like to open up for my first major tour? Wow. And this sounded just, you know, <laughs> great, great for me. And uh, at the time, I don't think she knew I was white. So <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was that. Then the first show was in Cleveland. And, you know, Natalie Cole was iconic because of her dad. And Cleveland Arena, it was like 5,000 brothers and sisters. And they all want to get, you know, catch a glimpse of soul brother Bobby Caldwell. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I came out on stage, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> yeah. So That's like Trump's yeah, presidency. It was, an, it was an interesting journey, but you know what I found overall is that the acceptance was uh, phenomenal still is today as we speak. Let's talk about a song which is also sampled, also available on the first Bobby Caldwell album. And I got to mention that the first Bobby Caldwell album never had a picture of you. So people didn't know. It was just artwork, graphics. So that's why people didn't know, you know, who or what you look like. But uh, there's a song in there called My Flame. And yep. this is an incredible song. This is about love and keeping love alive and keeping the flame going for someone that maybe doesn't deserve it? I don't know. You tell me the story, Bobby. You wrote it. 
this was the song that I had my eyes on that I thought would be, you know, single material before we did What You Won't Do For Love. And it did end up, you know, being highly recognized, hand-covered by other artists. We still do it in the show today. Uh, I still get requests for it. Um, and it is, it's, you know, it's like a common thread that I guess you could say the majority of songs ever written have been love songs or unrequited love. Uh, so it's a, it's a common thread I think everyone can relate to, something we've all gone through. And uh, I tend to write stuff like that, although I've made social commentary too. But, you know, at the end of the day, people always gravitate toward the love songs.
We're here with Bobby Caldwell. Once again, he performs August 31st through September 2nd at the Catalina Bar and Grill. Stay tuned for tickets that we have that we're offering in just a little bit. I'm Gary Baca along with Lalo. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, and this is the Poetry Hour Power. We have Bobby Caldwell on the phone lines. And Bobby, when you're in Los Angeles, what are your favorite spots? I mean, can we see you at Pink's or walking down Hollywood Boulevard? I mean, what do you do when you're here? Surf? That's a great question. Roscoe's, um, Roscoe's not chicken. A, guys, I have to be honest with you. After living there for 25 years, uh, some of my favorite spots are gone. Oh, no. Um, and we usually stay at uh, the Roosevelt. It's, you know, just a few blocks away from Catalina's. And, uh, you know, they've got a great hangout by the pool there. It's, it's historic. Um, I mean, great, great place to spend your time. I mean, you could go all around the valley, all around the, uh, Hollywood, and not really experience Hollywood the way it used to be, like you can at the Roosevelt. So we end up kind of hanging out there. Before we talk about your Uncle Cool CD, which is great, and we're going to play your Denise Williams cut that you did with her, tell us about those early days, though, and the 70s, because you have there's songs in there, your first album, that are kind of disco-flavored. And, you know, during that disco era, and people, you know, hated on disco a little later. Disco later turned out to be funk, I mean, and R&B, <laughs> and we're still dancing to house and disco. So, um, you know, what was that era like? Did Were you at Studio 54, and, and what were the party <laughs> days like, Bobby? Or, or, or really, like, did you hang out with, get to hang out with, uh, you know, Casey and the Sunshine Band, or Foxy, all these, all these groups that were... Um, at, uh, at on TK, you know, because a lot of stuff came, good stuff came out of there. A party with Marlon Brando, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a lengthy question. Uh, yeah, I became <laughs> I became friends with uh, Harry Casey. We got to know each other very well. How cool! Um, and Foxy, you know, some um, of their players uh, actually off. performed. Yeah, on the first album and Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, I got to visit there once and <laughs> shared an evening with Diana Ross. Oh. We had it on table, and uh, you know, I got a, a feel for that. I somehow that whole scene just, you know, wasn't really for me. I enjoyed Miami, Florida. I, <laughs> it was a great time to be there because music was just exploding, and like you said, it was in the midst of the uh, disco era. Although, <laughs> what you won't do for love was kind of almost like a red flag going up, saying that. Disco is winding down. I kind of became that to TK Records, you know, their their crooner, if you will. Yeah. Their, their blue-eyed soul singer. To be honest, you know, they were they were looking for their own, I guess, their own bias gags, if you will. And uh, fortunately, I fit that bill pretty good for them. And but you know, honestly, without them. Taking the chance, I'm not sure it ever would have happened. Yeah, I mean, I think you presaged like a, a big era of you know '80s kind of R&B, you know, crooning and 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 romantic songs and ballads and uh, hey, it was your moment. Great records made during that that period of time. TK made a lot of them. Yeah, 78 was a great time because I believe uh, Brothers Johnson had Strawberry Letter 23. Prince came out for the first time with his album For You. So yeah, That's right. You, you know, uh, uh, this is a, 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 a weird Lalo fact, but um, I'm Your Boogeyman by Casey <laughs> and the Sunshine Band was like the first song that I heard 
that like just rung my head like a bell. Like I, I was like, what is this? And it was like disco funk, you know, and, and amazing. And it kind of opened up my world. And then Foxy's Get Off, that song was the first time I'd heard Latinos playing funk. And it blew my mind that I that they were like Puerto Ricans and, and Caribbean Latinos doing this. Yeah. Tito Puente's son was the... Right. You know, Richie Puente, yeah, yeah, and uh, who tragically died in 2004. That music was at my, you know, formation. You know, at my origin story of being a, a little cholo. Uh, <laughs> you know, waking up to the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I tell you, you know, um, like I said, this this was a market that was exploding. Yeah. With with talent and music. Um, well, music is universal, and uh, you are the proof, Bobby. Speaking of icons, uh, we're speaking with Bobby Caldwell, but let's talk about for a moment Maurice White from Earth, Wind, and Fire. We lost him uh, not long ago, a couple years. I believe you told me once that he gave you a kalimba, and you have yep. a song called Kalimba Song, and you also use it in the song we just heard, uh, My Flame. But tell me about your meeting with him and their influence to you. Oh, well. I, I can tell you that when he passed, it was uh, a remarkable moment. Um, the influence that Maurice had on me was just massive. Uh, I had befriended a guy in uh, Los Angeles named Jimmy George, who was close with uh, Maurice. And uh, we went down to see a show at the Santa Monica Civic, and I got to go backstage and, you know, meet Maurice. This is before I even had a career. And uh, Jimmy was telling Maurice, you know, hey, you know this guy is uh, hopefully going to make a record. And uh, wanted to check out that Kalimba. And he had so many of them. He just handed one over to me. He said, here, take it. It's a gift for me. Wow. And I did end up using it, like you said, on the first album. Oddly enough, uh, years and years later, uh, after I pretty much established myself, uh, I'm in Los Angeles once again, and uh, I get a call from Maurice White, and he wants me to come to the studio. He's producing an album for Neil Diamond, um, and wow. invites me to <laughs> sing the backgrounds with him. Wow, that's crazy! And I gotta tell you, that was a day I'll never forget. Standing next to my hero and hearing his voice. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was. Uh, alarming to say the least <laughs> there is a god <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's amazing let's talk about your latest one of your latest is uncle cool and of course you know like uh ronald isley mr biggs you know from the isley brothers uh, you're mr cool you know uncle cool <laughs> and you have a song in here that you uh have with denise williams which is called breaking up and man, I can't stop listening to this. This is the hit. I love it. And just in case people out there didn't think that, you know, Bobby have anything going on now, let me tell you, this is probably one of the fattest tracks in the hood uh, that people are just bumping around the corner. So, yeah, man, tell me about Uncle Cool, this project, this concept, and putting it together. Well, my wife had stumbled across this interview with this uh, young producer named Jack Splash. Um, he's a three-time Grammy winner for uh, R&B. And in the interview, he had uh, been asked a question about some of his influences, and my name came up. So she got to thinking, you know, maybe you should try to, like, hook up with this guy and, you know, suck up some of that young blood. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> ends up ends up he was in Miami, and uh, we made a trip down there and met Jack, and we bonded with him immediately. Uh, and we set up um, some writing dates. And what ended up happening was this amazing adventure. Although brief, it was amazing because what we were turning out was prolific. I mean, it was a lot of music in one day. And I think uh, it was a total of maybe four four visits total. And we had completed the album. And then we started to enlist some guests. Uh, Denise was one of them. I've known Denise for years and, you know, another icon that Maurice White, oddly enough, you know, produced. Just a beautiful gal, you know, still can tear the bark off a tree with that that voice of hers. It's uh, unbelievable. Wow. Right. Of course, she sings free and silly. Let's hear it for the boy. Yeah. 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 Right. Let's play the song right here. We'll be right back with Bobby Caldwell. And once again, stay tuned for these tickets to go see him at the Catalina Bar and Grill. It's the Pocho Hour of Power, baby. Uh, I like the 
better before we made love It wasn't complicated and we used to have fun I would tell you about my days and you asked about my dream It was rare for us to be divided nowadays it seems All day, we fighting over a lot of things We had an argument, I had to pull away Cause in that second that you're mad just to win and say you're right You'll mention something you ain't even wanna say Tripping, now it ain't all your fault, I take a pot of blame I regret when I was lying, I was never raised Run around town, people talk about we was popular And it spread like a word of mouth I ain't saying it, it's easy And I struggle but decide that we leaving Something in the past that we needed To let it go while we're still speaking Last. And I'ma miss your smile and always have a spot But we just can't go on, we gotta break And hope we both find love on our faith Yeah, it's hard like a concrete wall and well made And just to think I thought that we'd be forever Never seen in my mind that a day would be without you Any last words at you? Back with Bobby Caldwell, Pulcho Hour Power. I'm Gary Baca. Alalo Alcaraz is right here. That's right. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. But, Bobby, you know, it's been great speaking with you Amazing. and talking with you. And thank you for telling us about these songs and those experiences they're priceless and all your all your amazing uh, breaks at the universe like <laughs> brought you man that's, that's inspiring there's there's hope for everybody yeah, right? it, they were amazing breaks and, <laughs> you know in, in that way i've definitely been blessed guys it's breaks plus uh, talent man that's what it is well tell us about the catalina show what are we to expect i know that you're going to have a fat band well, uh, the band is just awesome and I think most of my my peers would agree that um, as individuals, they're just incredible singers and players. And as a group, you know, we've been together for quite some time. Uh, Catalina's is uh, one of the few places you can actually get in front of an audience and have that intimacy. Um, and I like that as opposed to playing the theater. Uh, you know, Catalina's got a great staff. She's a great gal to work for. And what we do is, uh, I believe it's one show a night, a 90-minute show. We try to get everything in there that uh, ever meant anything, uh, so no one goes away disappointed. Ultimately, someone does, because, you know, there's always someone who's got, hey, you didn't do my favorite song. <laughs> and it might be a little more obscure than what most people's favorite songs are. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't, you can't please the entire crowd. But uh, we give it our best effort, and I, I, I feel that the show is well-rounded. It's, retros it's retrospective, and I'm also doing some of the songs that became iconic, like for Al Jarreau and Boss Gags. Uh, so, you know, and the Commodores. So, it's a well-rounded show, and we have fun with it. It's a celebration. 
once again at the Catalina Bar and Grill coming up uh, this Thursday through Saturday. That's a great venue. Will you do My Flame? You'll, you'll do My Flame, right? Uh, yeah. I think we're doing My Flame, yeah. yeah. Don't disappoint Gary. That's Come right. on. That's right. <laughs> Are you guys coming down? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, of course, there. you know, we love that standard CD and the Soul Survivor where you do uh, Don't Ask My Neighbors and Walk On By. And you have so many great CDs. So I would recommend anybody out there listening right now, go to uh, bobbycaldwell.com or just look them up on uh, all the various sites like Spotify and CD Baby. And, and is that how people can find you and find your material? Yeah, yeah. yeah or they can come to the, the website, um, bobbycaldwell.com. We actually sell a lot of CDs on the website, but they can go to they can go to Spotify. And one Great. thing I got to ask you, Bobby, is we are public radio. Can you tell us how important public radio is to maybe you and the public? And you know, it's not everywhere where you can hear a whole Bobby Caldwell interview with the songs, and we're giving away tickets. And also, uh, I've been told by your manager that we have some CDs that we can give out to the listeners as well, autographed by you. Amazing. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, the public radio thing, um, to, for me, this is how I grew up. So it, it's still a viable uh, form of communication. I mean, and you're right, you can't hear, you can't hear programming like this uh, on Sirius. So... <laughs> Or or or, or the kids, you know, who say, "Is your show a podcast? Come on, get with it. <laughs> Radio is not going away ever." So no, uh, I don't think I don't it. think it is. This is where it's at. Well, Bobby, we yep. got all of Southern California listening right now. Of course, everybody on the web all around the world, but. You know, we have 110,000 watts. We're reaching San Diego. We're reaching Santa Barbara, uh, parts of Mexico, all of Southern California. What could you say to your fans, the people that love you, man? God bless you, each and every one, for, you know, being fans in the first place and hanging with me as long as you have. Um, you are adored, and we'll look forward to seeing you this weekend. All right. Thanks a lot, Bobby yeah. Caldwell. Bobby, thank you so much uh, for being here on the Pocho Hour of Power and for supporting uh, Free Speech Radio Pacifica KPFK. Thanks for having me, guys. Hi, this is Bobby Caldwell, and you're listening to KPFK, listener-sponsored radio with your support.
right, give it up for Bobby Caldwell. What an incredible artist.